The iconic yellow taxi. It's hard to imagine New York's streets without them, but taxi drivers here were in a state of crisis at the start of 2020. Then the coronavirus pandemic hit. Drivers were classified as essential workers, and so the industry was not shut down. But there's been no work. I think at its at its height was about a 93% drop in ridership. It was eerie to see the city like this. I don't know how we survived like a year after the beginning of pandemic. It's just a miracle that we're still alive. We're crawling back, but it's going to be a slow crawl in my opinion. There are over 13,500 yellow taxis in New York City. The medallion on the hood of those cars makes them the only vehicles legally allowed to pick up people hailing a ride on the streets. When the city shut down in March of 2020 as coronavirus spread, yellow taxis were still allowed to cruise the streets, but there was no one looking for a ride. Licensed taxi drivers in New York faced their toughest challenge ever. But before we can get into where they stand now and their hopes for the future, you have to appreciate the hardship and distress they were already facing before anyone ever heard of COVID-19. I'm Steve Kastenbaum, and this is New York Gritty, a podcast about the resiliency of New Yorkers in times of crisis. My name is Val George. Uh, I've been driving a uh, taxi for 30 years in New York City, and um, I've been... Um, medallion owner for uh, almost 20 years. As um, many immigrants in uh, America, I came with it for a better life and uh, I started driving probably a month after I arrived. And I was so excited of my new life and drove for like a couple of years. And then I got um, excited by the city uh, luring of um, uh, opportunity for uh, everybody to buy a medallion and uh, that's like uh, buying the American dream because it's a very good investment according to them and um, good retirement and at the same time uh, uh, they are saying that we're buying a job so it's security. And a yellow medallion is what you need to own that gives you the license to operate a taxi, to own a taxi in New York and it's basically your business. The taxi we're sitting in right now is the equivalent of your small business storefront. That's this right. is it. Right? That's right. Yeah. So it was um, so extremely new to me. I was so excited, uh, small business owner, and um, uh, talked to my wife, and she's like, you're crazy, borrowing so much money. But uh, I said, what are the other options? So we uh, uh, sit down and uh, talk about it, and finally we decided, okay, we'll go for it. So we bought the medallion, and... Um, so I started working, everything um, looked okay. We, uh, I should mention that um, there was statistic that um, for these years, before Uber and Lyft came, uh, we are doing 500,000 trips a day. And these are 13,000, 14,000 uh, medallions that were doing incredible uh, help to the city to move people around, you know. You know. I had so many cases in my car, you know, somebody jumps, take me to the hospital, then um, a pregnant lady, oh, we got to go, it's uh, last second, and oh, it's like, I, I don't know, maybe I should write a book about uh, <laughs> uh, all these happenings in my car. Was, it was kind of fun, excited, uh -huh. but it was also very difficult. I remember uh, I'd been working like for forever, for like more than 12 hours, 
six, seven days sometimes a week, sleeping like, sometimes I remember like four hours a, a day because I had to take care of the kid and, you know, it was, it was not easy. You got into the taxi business as, as a new immigrant to New York. You came from right. Bulgaria. Yeah. And at the time, New York City's iconic yellow taxis were, were handling 500,000 rides, customers a day. That's correct. And um, uh, things were doing well, uh, but the government, the city government, needed money. So they are like, okay, so we're going to make this monopoly so we can sell um, uh, medallion licenses to these uh, people. They can buy it, and the prices were jumping like crazy, and at one point uh, was, the cost was $1 million. So here you are, a new immigrant to, to New York. You buy into this idea that the medallion is your answer to the American dream and That's and right. you took out a loan for how much to get this medallion? Uh, the, I took the first loan $350. And then what did the value of the medallion go up to? Within um, less than 10 years went up to 1 million. That's incredible. That's incredible. So here you are, you, you have this thing that you think is worth a million dollars and you're working non-stop to pay off the loan but it's going well and then Uber and Lyft come along and then what happens to your industry? All of a sudden, as I said, um, the TLC uh, sold us this dream. And uh, we are thinking that this job is secure because this is city agency that uh, uh, watch over us because we are like a small business owner, but uh, the, the rules and regulations are controlled by them, 100%. Mm-hmm. No, you can do nothing without their permission. Actually, you have to follow all the orders and regulations. You got to pay fees. And then they allowed um, in the beginning like 20, 30,000 uh, Lyft and Ubers. And all of a sudden we didn't realize what the hell is going on. And then 80,000 to 100,000 um, black cars that were doing the working for the app companies. The TLC being the Taxi and Limousine Commission, they heavily regulated and still do the, the yellow taxi industry. But then Uber and Lyft came along. More than a hundred thousand drivers signed up That's with right. these um, with these companies within to work. Months, within years, was crazy. I'm like, what's going on? You know, these people uh, and this company they come here and take our business and without paying nothing to the city, and we had to pay hundreds of thousands. Many people pay millions of dollars for the right to uh, work to pick up people in the uh, New York City in the five boroughs. Then what what happened? to you and your business and what happened to the value of this medallion that some people paid close to a million dollars for? Everything crashed. Um, All of a sudden, everything went down. Uh, Uber and uh, Lyft took over. So where did that leave drivers? How much were you making a day? Were you able to pay off the loans? We heard so many stories back then. And this is all pre-COVID pandemic. uh, Drivers going bankrupt. Yeah. Uh, everything uh, starting to go down the drain, you know. Uh, I used to make uh, probably two, three hundred dollars a day easily. And then when they came and I'm driving around and I cannot pick up anything because uh, people, of course, they're going to use um, app, which is much easier to, to call Uber from your bedroom. And then in five minutes, you're going down. My name is Bedevi Desai. I am the executive director of the New York Taxi Workers Alliance. The Taxi Workers Alliance is a union of drivers in New York City. We have over 25,000 members 
Um, our members drive across the industry, so yellow cab, green cab, Uber Lyft vehicles, as well as neighborhood liveries and corporate black cars. I want to start from before the pandemic hit New York. What was the landscape like for taxi drivers, Uber and Lyft drivers? What was going on here in New York City? We, we know that there were some very serious issues affecting drivers uh, in the Big Apple. Well, you know, even before the pandemic, um, this is a workforce that's really been in an economic crisis for several years now. You know, um, in in 2018, the city of New York found that about 90% of Uber and Lyft drivers were earning below the minimum wage. Of course, yellow cab drivers have just been devastated as business has really plummeted. There's so many livery bases that have shut down, as well as uh, black car companies. And many of the black car bases were actually driver co-ops. Um, you know, there, it's just there's been a, a serious uh, crisis across this industry that has left this workforce drivers deep in debt and earning poverty wages. Now, this was all happening in the time period before coronavirus was a reality here, and suicide rates had risen dramatically in a, in a very shocking way, right? Yes. In November 2017, we received phone calls at the union that there were two livery drivers in the Bronx who had committed suicide. Then in February 2018, a black car driver, Douglas Shifter, shot himself outside the gates at City Hall, and he left a very damning note um, on Facebook, which I, I still think is like the most damning essay ever written about the gig economy in this country, you know, and it happens to be a suicide note. After that, of course, the issue became very public. By the next month, there is a yellow cab owner driver, Nicanor Ochasor, who committed suicide. And about six weeks later, Kenny Chow, also a yellow cab owner driver, committed suicide. And, you know, by the end of the year, we had nine driver suicides by, you know, between November 2017 to like November 2018. What Douglas's suicide note wrote about was the fact that there had been such a saturation of vehicles on the streets that, you know, um, Uber and Lyft had just flooded the streets with cars, making it absolutely impossible for drivers to get around and fairly compete for fares. Uber and Lyft drivers were stuck behind a longer line within their own companies to be dispatched. And all other drivers in the competing subsectors, you know, were literally just being drowned. My name is Richard Chow. So I'm, I bought the medallion 2006 from the New York City Ocean. I paid $410,000 for the medallion. I'm driving for 15 years. So I live in uh, a Staten Island. How hard was it to pay off your loan? Before the pandemic, we are already like a, the business are down like a 40, about 40 percent. We are down a 40 percent. We cannot pay the, uh, the, the medallion loan. The, the consumers, they're taking the Uber and live. They're not taking the yellow. So we down the 40 percent of the business. We cannot survive. We cannot pay back to the loan. So now we had a crisis. 
So you know, a lot of drivers, they even you know, they fight the you know, the fight the bankruptcy, mm -hmm. fight the suicide. Like my brother, mm -hmm. he bought the medallion, seven hundred thousand dollar, wow. in ten, uh, two thousand nine. After he he cannot pay, he cannot make money. They go home to pay back the bank, and then he committed suicide in two thousand eighteen, uh, near the Grace Mansion, the East River. The entire city heard about your brother's story, and, and I'm terribly sorry for your loss, but people really didn't know how bad taxi drivers had it until that happened. He was facing crushing debt. He couldn't pay this loan that he took out for the taxi medallion, but he wasn't alone. He wasn't alone. So, you know, nine drivers, total nine drivers committed suicide. So, you know, now a lot of drivers are filing the, the you know, the bankruptcy, the foreclosure, even the, a lot of people, the driver, they cannot pay back the, for, you know, the banks, the foreclosure, the medallion, not only even the medallion for, you know, their home, you know, they assess their home. The driver, the owner driver, they lost their home, they're gonna be homeless. You know, the economic despair that drivers have experienced, it really is across the board. That's Bera V. Desai again, the head of the New York Taxi Workers Alliance. For yellow cab owner drivers, what they have seen is not only the loss of their income like everybody else, but on top of that, they're stuck in debt, paying off the medallion. They've also seen their retirement's cash, you know, because um, the medallion was seen as the, the, the piece of retirement for medallion owners, that there would be enough equity built into the medallion that people could sell it or they could rent it and be able to live off of it and have a reasonable retirement. All that has crashed. So these issues had come to the surface and New Yorkers had become more aware of them in recent years. And then we started hearing about coronavirus in the beginning of 2020. The shutdown in some industries across New York was immediate. It was overnight. What happened for taxi drivers when that was taking place? So drivers were classified as essential workers. And so the industry was not shut down. But there's been no work. You know, um, the airports have been shut down. All the industries that drivers rely on for work have been shut down. The neighborhoods that they rely on for work have been practically deserted. The airlines have been at a standstill. And so the impact has just been really devastating because, I mean, there's no work out there. Um, and so financially, you're talking about workers, right, who depend on um, earning a paycheck day to day, week to week. And so to go overnight to, you know, having no money at all, I think for like a lot of Americans, you know, including drivers, it's just been a really economically devastating time. For drivers on top of that, you know, they're working in very closed spaces. It's, you know, it's a car. You know, you're, you're transporting strangers. We know that drivers were among the first to be affected by COVID. I mean, one of the first New Yorkers whose death was publicized was one of our members who had been an Uber driver. And so you're just, you're in that enclosed space. Uh, you had no idea that there could have been a deadly virus in, you know, in your vehicle. 
your passenger didn't know it, you didn't know it. And so at one point when we surveyed our members, we found that 40% said that they had either contracted COVID and were quarantined at home or were in the hospital or a family member or friend that they live with um, has had COVID. My name is Augustine Tang. Uh, I've been a driver for five years uh, after my father passed away from uh, uh, suddenly and, and left me with the New York Taxi medallion and also um, uh, $500,000 loan. So before the pandemic, it, you had to work extremely long hours just to find enough customers in order to pay off the mortgage, the loan on, on the medallion. Then the pandemic hits and suddenly all your customers are gone right? No, nobody in midtown Manhattan, nobody coming and going from the airports, no one at Broadway shows, no one coming and going from restaurants at night. What did that do to you? <laughs> I mean, it, it was eerie to see the city like this, I, obviously, because we've been driving the city for, for a long time. Uh, for us, we, we, we just felt like we had to stay home during that time when the pandemic hit. It's the safest way. Because we didn't know anything about what was going to happen, but we didn't know where our next income was going to come from. Uh, we relied on the uh, we relied on, on unemployment, but we were we are uh, independent contractors, so we only have a, a maximum of one hundred eighty-two dollars a week. Uh, if it wasn't for the the PUA, which is the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program, that was from federally uh, was given to us, uh, we wouldn't be able to survive. Um, luckily, right now we're. Where the city is coming back uh, alive a little more, um, but we, there's no way we could still make our mortgage payments. So for the better part of a year, you literally had no industry. There was no business at all for you. You were on unemployment, and by the grace of some federal assistance, you were able to at least survive in one of the most expensive cities in the world. You're saying it's coming back now a little bit. What's the landscape like out there now for yellow taxis? It's still bare. Uh, there's a lot of people still working from home. Uh, Broadway shows aren't going to come back anytime soon. It's, there's a lot of things that just we, I guess, we took for granted <laughs> uh, before the pandemic. And then when stuff like this happened, it's just, you know, a lot of people just didn't have to move anywhere anymore. This is a very, very resilient industry. Um, taxi garages, you could find taxi garages that have been open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for decades. My name is Michael Wallows, and um, for 21 years, uh, I've been a consultant to and spokesperson for the Metropolitan Taxicab Board of Trade, which is the largest taxi trade association in the United States and the oldest, uh, representing uh, over 5,500 yellow medallion taxi cabs that are run by uh, taxi fleets or taxi garages located throughout New York City. Taxi garages in New York, they've been part of the landscape here for decades, right? Taxi garages have been a fixture of New York City um, <clears throat> Uh, at least uh, to the 1930s, uh, which is when they uh, formed something called the Haas Act, which created the medallion system. Um, but I suspect that there were garages around um, before then. Um, it was just a less regulated environment. But since 1937, I believe, uh, there's been a highly regulated yellow taxi environment, and that's included taxi garages uh, that um, lease 
uh, taxis to drivers uh, and, and also included in the landscape are driver owners and there's all kinds of arrangements out there. But the taxi fleet, the taxi garage that a lot of people associate with uh, uh, the show taxi, for example, um, th- those have been a fixture for decades. You know, when I talk to uh, restaurant owners, when I talk to musicians, you know, they've all had a very hard time during the pandemic shutdown. And yet they have some optimism. The restaurant owners feel this is an opportunity to rebuild their industry in a much more fair and equitable way. Uh, Musicians feel that when there is the ability for them to play live before big audiences again on a regular basis, that people are going to want to come out and, and that they'll bounce back. Is there an equivalent to that optimism amongst drivers and garage owners? Do they do they see a new landscape in New York City that's going to be a positive one for them? Some do, some do. Um, you know, I think there's a certain you know um, hardiness about uh, people in this industry. It's not an easy industry to be in. It's uh, it's it, it's gritty, uh, which which. Um, I think your show would appreciate. Um, it's uh, it's tough, and those are the kind of folks that you know are working in this industry. They're not looking to go to an office every day. They're they're doing something else, and um, you'll find uh, that there are a lot of taxi drivers who just love what they do. There are taxi garage operators and mechanics, and I mean that that's a whole industry that doesn't get a lot of attention. But that you're talking about thousands and thousands of people that work on the back end. They love what they do, and some are quite optimistic. You know, they see. Uh, a changing landscape, but they also see that, you know, you're still going to need uh, vehicles to take people from point A to point B in a safe and affordable way. Yes, of course, people are using uh, apps and other ways to summon those vehicles, and it's hard to compete with that. That being said, you know, there's a, a hope that New Yorkers and, and resilient New Yorkers will continue to uh, appreciate what a yellow taxi provides them. And that's an iconic ride. It's a certain type of experience. And it's something that, uh, you know, like many things about New York, uh, there is optimism that that's not going to go away so quickly. Um, There is staying power with yellow taxis. They have to adapt. They have adapted. As they were adapting, they got hit with this enormous blow of the pandemic. But, uh, you know, I think that they're... There's a lot of pain out there for sure, but there there is just like any New Yorker um, who's been around for a little while, there is stubborn optimism that, you know, the iconic taxi is going to be preserved. It's going to get better. You know, the industry may change. It may shrink a bit. It, you know, there may be, you know, different aspects to it, but it's not going to go anywhere. And I think that gives a lot of people hope during these times. People want to see the taxi cab succeed, and I think that's a pretty powerful thing. I'm Richard Wissack. I'm the vice president of a yellow taxi cab fleet named 55 Stan, and I'm speaking from the taxi garage in, in the yard in Long Island City, Queens. How long have you had this business? This, this cab company has been around for more than 50 years so uh, it started with my grandfather and then my father and then 
around 30, 35 years ago, I came in full time to the yellow taxi cab business. And so I've been around it for quite a while and, you know, experienced all the ups and downs throughout. And yes, the yellow cab is an iconic New York symbol, but uh, you know, we've gone through, you know, we have all four seasons here. So when it snows hard, the yellow cabs are out, you know, we're kind of like the postal service, you know, in the, in the uh, rain, the sleet, the heat, you know, the freezing temperatures, the cars are always rolling, you know, through the economic, through previous economic crises and um, certainly different administrations. And uh, of course, through 9-11. And uh, now we're faced with uh this uh, pandemic, which is uh, unlike anything we've any, uh, we've ever seen before, and much like the rest of the world. Uh, tell me what the impact was on your business when everybody essentially disappeared from the streets of New York, and you had to shut down. What was that like for you? Oh, it was, it, it was and it is a very sad situation. You know, it, 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 in all the years we've been here, it's never. Uh, never certainly never gone on this long or close to this long so it's still a it's still a feeling and i'm sitting here in the yard it's still uncomfortable and and hard to believe that we're not operating so where do things stand for you and your business right now the way you know my plan i mean at this point after some long hard thought on it at this time there is not enough uh there, uh, there's not enough money on the street for it to be profitable for for me, this operator. Other operators are are, are working, and you know I I I, I, re- I want them to do well because I want to come back. But at this point, the the charge what they can charge the driver to take the taxi out and 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 look for fares in Manhattan or or, or the five boroughs really. Uh, doesn't really doesn't cover our costs, and so the, the operators that have been uh, you know that haven't stopped. You know it's got to be very difficult uh, economically for them. But as we start to he- head back, you know, to a more quote unquote normal, the drivers themselves are starting to make the same amount of money that they did pre-pandemic. They're not there yet, but it's heading in the right direction. And that's only because the operators have kept the price half of what it was pre-pandemic. To take out a taxi. That's correct. Yeah. What, what, if, it, if, they, if there was a, uh, there was a charge in January of 2020, that, that charge is 50% now, is what the operators are charging the drivers. And just so our listeners understand, when you operate a fleet, you own the cars, licensed drivers come to you, and essentially, to put it simply, they rent the car from you to go out and drive. The operator owns the vehicle, we pay the insurance, we pay the workers' compensation, we pay for the parts, we, we, you know, we pay to pass the car at inspection, uh, you know, we have a 24-7 staff. You know, we take the phone call if there's a problem with the car at all hours of the day and night. Whatever the issue is, whether it be an accident, uh, uh, police activity, you know, we're, 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 the operator is on the hook. When I talk to people for New York Gritty, across different economic sectors in New York, whether it's restaurant owners, musicians, people on Broadway, healthcare workers, everyone sees this as an opportunity to reinvent 
their sectors and to make them better, to make New York City a better place. They see opportunity now. How does that look in the taxi industry? What shape does that take for you? Well, in terms of going forward, you know, with this uh, with the, with this new type of New York or what, 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 what it's going to look like going forward, you know, I mean, we're the only people that can legally accept street hails. And we're going to have to have more. I, I think we're going to have to have more uh, more of a presence with the uh, with the app based ride to have more of a significant impact on that. I, I think we're going to need the next administration's help along along the way with that. So put your industry on equal footing with Uber, with Lyft, with those rideshare apps. Yeah, because give the people what they want. And, and I understand that. Having been here for so long, I can tell you sincerely that a high percentage of these drivers are hardworking, honest people. And uh, they, I believe, add value to the city. And having a yellow cab operation that employs cashiers, dispatchers, office workers, mechanics, body men is a very good thing for the city. And when you have ride-sharing companies that offer none of that type of employment and none of that really color, I think the city would, would lose something if they don't help support the industry going forward, help it in a, in a more substantial way. The drivers are drowning in debt. They owe $500,000 on average on medallion loans, where the market value of the medallion is closer to seventy-five dollars to $100,000, meaning that's how much you can make, you know, potentially in order to pay off your loan. Since COVID, it feels nearly impossible to, you know, put, you know, make these payments. That's Bera V. Desai from the New York Taxi Workers Alliance. So we have a proposal. We have been calling for the city of New York to act as a backstop on these loans, meaning that the city would say to medallion lenders, the banks and credit unions, that if they agree to lower the debt to $125,000, then the city will act as a guarantor. So if the owner is delinquent on a loan and the bank or credit union repossesses the medallion, the city would come in and place a minimum bid on whatever is left on the $125,000 loan. And um, if nobody bids higher than that, then the city would purchase the medallion and then they would be able to turn around and resell that medallion. So we believe the net cost of this plan for the city at the worst of conditions would be about $75 million over 20 years. The city controller has signed off on it. He has said it's fiscally sound. The state attorney general has you know, said that it's something that the city should do. The mayor has continued to say that he wants to find a solution. Um, but he's waiting for federal money that to uh, on the overall uh, budget crisis of the city. Well, just last week, Senator Schumer issued a statement in support of us saying that he supports the Taxi Workers Alliance's fight for debt forgiveness and believes that the city should do everything it can to make it happen. It's going to be 4% interest for 20 years. 
and the monthly payment will be five seven uh, uh, seven fifty seven. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, sounds much better than my uh, my monthly payment of thirty five hundred. <laughs> That's Val George, the Bulgarian immigrant who bought his taxi medallion many years ago, sold on the claim that it would be his ticket to the American dream. You could breathe again you if you breathe. had that. You can uh, you can live. You can uh, have a hopes, and uh, uh, you can uh, have uh, some optimism and. Um, and it's not only um, it's not only the driver owners. You have to think that around them there are another at least every driver owner have at least three to five maybe more people around him that depend on him. Right, right. Kids, elderly parents, uh, wife, etc. So uh, we came up with this plan, and this plan actually was approved by the Attorney General of New York State, by the controller, by AOC in the Congress, and by. Um, lately last few weeks by uh, Senator Schumer. So the majority leader in the Senate has even endorsed this. Exactly. That must give you hope. <laughs> hope? That is like uh, the most, uh, uh, the, the best news we ever heard for the last uh, few years. Uh -huh. You know, the Senate majority uh, um, leader, Schumer, is on our side. And this is extremely uh, uh, helpful and uh, good also uh, for the city for the driver owners and for the financial institutions because they will get their money, uh, 125000 for sure, plus interest. You're confident that, that the yellow taxi is not going to fail in New York City, that, that the yellow taxis will forever be a feature of, of the streetscape of New York? This is the hope. You know, what are, what are the choices? You need to be optimistic. You know, uh, I always say uh, uh, yellow cabs are the most hated and the most loved entity in New York City because as you know you know if you need uh, somebody to drive to the theater or to the doctor uh, you need a taxi and if you see the taxi like your eyes become like <laughs> you're the most happy person I remember people uh, uh, fighting behind me to to get in the cab I remember that that moment and then there are the moments when other drivers are stuck in traffic and and That's they right. they hate the taxi they take it out on you right like like yellow cab created uh, uh, traffic and uh, slow slow uh, business and everything. But here we are, the yellow taxis are still passing us on Flatbush Avenue, and, and you, say, right. you say they'll always be here. That's the hope, that's the hope. If you think, um, what are the things that people think when they think about New York City? That's, I've been here for 30 years, and uh, always when you think about New York, what do you think of? First thing, a Statue of Liberty, then of course Empire State Building, and the third place is the yellow taxi industry, yellow cab. And uh, that's what I was thinking. They competed with who? Maybe with the Chrysler building <laughs> and uh, Broadway, but definitely third, fourth, fifth place around there. A few days after we talked with taxi drivers and owners, the mayor of New York made an announcement about a plan to help the industry. It was clear that Bill de Blasio had heard their cries for help. Taxi drivers have been through so much, especially, of course, during the pandemic, where the industry has been hit so hard. And, and during that time, by the way, taxi drivers stepped up and helped us, helped our community. Taxi drivers were in the lead, getting food to seniors who needed them, helping to make sure that people could get around even in the toughest times. But even before the pandemic, we know taxi drivers were dealing with a crisis because of what happened with the value of medallions. City Hall came up with a plan to help taxi medallion owners restructure their debt 
But it was not the plan that Senate Majority Leader Schumer and others had endorsed. We're announcing the Taxi Medallion Owner Relief Fund, a new approach that will provide money directly to drivers and will help restructure the loans that they have so they can end up in a better situation for their future and for their family's future. Uh, this has taken a lot of painstaking work to figure out something that would work today and for the long haul. And I'm going to turn to uh, Commissioner Aloisi Heredia Jarmushuk, who has led the way. Our Taxi and Limousine Commission Commissioner has studied the problem, talked to drivers, examined the industry and all of the options. She's done it with a lot of heart. This fund will offer owners a $20,000 loan to use as a down payment to restructure current medallion debt and up to $9,000 in debt payment support, additional $9,000. Owners can pay this money back over time at 0% interest according to their individual ability. So the city won't act as a backstop for restructured loans and they won't reset the price of a taxi medallion, leaving it up to the free hand of the market to determine how the debt will be restructured and at what cost. Clearly, there are a lot of people fighting to maintain the yellow taxi as a fixture on the streets of New York. While the industry is facing an enormous challenge in this crisis, they see opportunity. The yellow taxi industry is just one of many sectors adapting to a post-pandemic future here. In the next episode of New York Gritty. In this campus, we actually, uh, counting the patients in Central Park, had 770 patients at the peak. We'll talk with the people who are still on the front lines in the war against the pandemic and explore the long-lasting impact on the city's healthcare systems. Subscribe to New York Gritty on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Rate and review us as well. Check out the website for more on the city's recovery from the pandemic, nygritty.com. And send me an email if you have a story about how you're getting by during this tough time. Steve at nygritty.com. Follow New York Gritty on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for details on upcoming episodes and more information about the impact of the pandemic here. I'm Steve Kastenbaum. Thanks for listening.